I'm Annie Fox. And I'm Laurel Pinson. And this is Workwives, conversations at your desk with the woman who knows you best. Annie, I have a question for you. I feel you always kick these off. I love it when you when you kick it off. Who, who in your life knows how much money you make? My husband. You. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Actually, maybe my mom. Mu- I mean, there are people that sort of have a loose idea, I guess, mm-hmm. of like the ballpark, like a range, maybe like a range. Like they know you have enough money to handle. Flying yourself out for a trip or something. Like people yeah. know you're comfortable or uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe. It's funny because I talk particularly with friends. I mean, and with, with Nash, obviously. Um, but I talk a lot with friends about sort of like negotiating wage, uh, budgeting, saving for things, allocating money for things, prioritizing things. But I don't think we've ever been explicit. Mm-hmm. How about you? Same boat, mm. interestingly. I find it interesting because I actually have the same thing where I think I talk very openly with my family or girlfriends or male friends about personal worth in general, yeah. sort of like the value of the work that you do and how you're compensated for it fairly or unfairly. But I really don't talk about money. I think it's icky. For some reason, I feel so much more comfortable talking about my personal life my sexuality, sex in general, than I do money. And not even just like how much you earn, but just money. I mean, I've planned trips away with girlfriends and we've somehow managed to negotiate f- flights and hotels and, and you know, how much you want to spend on dinner w- without ever explicitly saying, this is how much I've budgeted for this trip. I really right. can't go further than that. Right. Um, and it's always been – but. Now that I'm thinking about it, it seems weird that we wouldn't just be like, hey, I can afford to go on a $7,000 trip. Like, yeah, how much just, can you how afford? How much can you afford? It's more like, how about this hotel? It's like, oh, like, well, oh, and then you suggest a, a much slightly me. cheaper one. How about yeah. this one? Let's you know? go shopping. Mm. Yeah. But going back to what you were saying about earning a wage and how it ties to sort of your value in the workplace. Mm. If you don't know how – if you're not having conversations with people that you know about how much they make, how do you know that you're making what seems fair by industry standards? I mean, you don't Isn't is the honest weird? answer. Like everything that you do is sort of based on what you think seems right to you or what you think seems fair. But your only measurement of your, – your barometer for what is fair is completely internal. Like you don't have any – you don't have any way of saying, no, what's actually fair is this. Because it might even be less than what you think. Right. So it's very relative to – well, yeah, that's – I mean, I feel like – Everything I've ever negotiated for has been completely re- like relative to what I was making at the time as opposed right. to I know this is what other people doing a very similar job are making. Right. But I also think that that's, that's the difference between what seems fair and what is actually the market value. I totally agree with you that it's awkward and weird and maybe just not something we've practiced or have a vocabulary around. And I'm talking about obviously just talking about how much money we make. We make. Um, and by we, I mean people. But I do think given that pay pay disparity is a huge problem between men and women, but also between just minority people in general, um, talking about it's kind of important. I mean, it's essential. That's what's hard is it's the hardest thing to talk about, but also it's the most essential thing to talk about if you really want to 
understand what the market value is of what you do, number one. Like, if you can't have transparency into the market, you can't understand right. what you should be making versus what you are. Right. Especially amongst your own friends and especially amongst women. Agreed. Um, who, in terms – in America, certainly, for example, are underpaid. But I think that out in the marketplace, like, if you can't be a woman and talk to your male friends about what they're making, especially your peers in the industry – how are you ever going to figure out what you should be asking for? Yep. Um, I think it's super important to talk to men about it, not just so you can find out how much you make and, and talk about the disparity, but also so that guys just can understand how rife it is. And it just is part of the vocabulary and part of the conversation we have with them because I'm sure that – I'm almost certain that there are a ton of people out there that haven't – a ton of guys out there that haven't really thought about it because they haven't had to. Yeah. And it's – look, it's hard enough to negotiate for a better salary – or just, you know, any salary when you're walking into a job interview because you want a job. You don't want to sort of say, well, I'm only going to take it if this much. It's so much easier if you know walking in that the value of what you're doing is approximately X or that a guy you know is making X. Like, it's just easier. So recently we actually um, did both a, a, a print feature and a series of videos um, looking at the pay gap between um, – genders right mm-hmm. so we got a couple of we got a couple of sets of people doing similar roles with sort mm-hmm. of commensurate experience mm-hmm. and we had them reveal their wage a man and a woman in each category yeah that's right um which if nothing else is the bravest thing that i've watched on video in a really long time um watching two people expose their salaries which is something that even we've said we haven't told our friends or our family about right. exactly um, so anyway i thought it was incredibly courageous and in a lot of instances incredibly moving um and revealing and then each couple talked about it afterwards um both in terms of whether they were surprised or not. Um, And we are lucky enough to have a couple of women um, who've come on today to talk to us about it. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Um, Why don't you introduce yourself? So let's start with Kelly. Maybe say who you are and what you do for a living. Okay. My name is Kelly. I am 25 years old. I'm a graphic designer for a publishing company. Um, that is unnamed. Of course. <laughs> um, and I work in the uh, like creative ad department. My name is Simi. Um, I don't remember how old I am anymore. <laughs> totally fair. Don't have to tell us. It's at that age where you start lying. Yep. And um, I am in sales for a tech company. Um, and I sell cloud products to enterprises. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so both of you took part in a pretty epic glamour project um, which really examined uh, the pay gap and how it actually the real life ramifications of the pay gap Um, I think we talk a lot about the pay gap we talk about money in general but you guys did something truly radical and in my opinion awesome um, in taking part in a project where you actually revealed your salary to a a male counterpart in a similar position to yours. So first and foremost, I would love to know what were what were you guys' immediate reactions when you were asked to do it? Like was it was your salary something that you'd talked with other people about or was this kind of the first time that you'd been open about it? I have been pretty I feel more more open about it than a lot of people are, um at least with my friends at work and like my coworkers, my direct coworkers anyway. I feel pretty comfortable talking about it just because um I think because it's it's weird coming out of college because you're I'm always talking to my parents about you know what am I supposed to be making and you know we're talking in class about what you're supposed to be making as a graphic designer and stuff like that and so it's weird that like to suddenly get to this point where it's like no you don't talk about that 
Like, (laughs) out of nowhere, it becomes this, like, taboo thing. So I guess I, like, I'm not at that point yet where I, like, understand that it's, like, bad. Let's hope you never get to that point. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Where do you feel like that shift happens? Um, probably right around where I am now. Uh, because this is, I mean, I had, I had one job out of college, but this is, like, my first real job out of college, I guess. So I think, like, at this point, it's sort of, you start, like, meeting other people in your in your field who are like older than you and then like people who are older than you don't talk about it because at some point they started to realize that they weren't supposed to talk about it and like it's it just becomes this complicated thing simi i'm curious to know what what made you say yes you obviously get a phone call from a friend or an email from a friend that's like hey i know someone that's doing an article on on wage gap want to do it yeah um what made you say yes i want to reveal my wage to a stranger and potentially the world yeah, that's a great question. Um, I still, you know, I still am just like, wow, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> How did I, why did I do yeah. that? <laughs> Shit. Um, you know, I, I think for me, you know, it, it's it's something that comes up a lot, um, you know, especially because I work in the tech world. So the wage gap is just like a big conversation among the companies that are in my field. Um, and I've noticed in my workplace, um, and in general, we talk about it a lot, but we never talk about the separation between minorities, um, and, you know, other women. And that's probably like the, the biggest reason that I was like, yes, like, you know, I want to participate because I see that as an issue, but I don't do anything about it. And this is literally an opportunity right here in my face for me to, you know, be that person to, to represent, right? When we were younger, we all made $10 an hour. If we were all, <laughs> you know, if we were all working it's as a true. cashier. It's but true. all of a sudden, you know, for the same work, someone's value is, is higher than yours, and that gets a little bit, like, touchy. So tell us a little bit about the experience on the day. You're on set. Someone hands you a giant card. You're in the room, a room full of strangers, and they're like, write down how much you make. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. I uh, was the first person to be interviewed and yeah (laughs) I got there super early and I drank a bunch of coffee and then I was very nervous and uh the first thing we did was take photos for the thing so um that happened and by that point we had already done a lot of small talk about our like whatever like we kind of talked about our jobs a little bit but we didn't tell each other our salaries yet obviously because we weren't supposed to so by the time we actually got to the video portion we had talked quite a bit just on a like person to person level and so it was a lot more comfortable which was a good thing but um yeah it was definitely uh bizarre at first and I was like who is this dude and like what (laughs) am I supposed to say to him yeah so and when the cards flipped did you expect to be making less yes I did I actually I had I had kind of thought about it in worst case scenario uh terms and I was like you know worst case he'd be making like 20,000 more than me and that is about what it was what it was yeah. yeah so I was I was not surprised I think he was a lot more surprised than I was interesting um, that is interesting yeah because I I don't know I mean I knew he would be making more than me in the first place because he's a little bit older he has more experience um but other than that I I didn't expect it to be that much of a disparity how about you Simi? did you expect to be making more or did you think you would be making less I thought I would be making less I remember the night before telling my cousin like you know I'm excited to be doing it because I want to do this and telling her why but you know it's just kind of I'm I'm kind of like nerve-wracking and I was like it's going to be a little bit embarrassing at the same time because you know basically 
this is what I said to my cousin, right? No censorship. I was like, it's going to be some white guy that makes more money than me. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you know? Um, so that's definitely what I was expecting. Um, but I still thought it was going to be like a, a good exercise. So, Simi, when the cards flipped in your case, like, obviously you were surprised. Like, did you sort of, were you both surprised, do you think? I think that, you know, we, I think I thought he was going to make more and he wasn't sure what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, because he does kind of, um, he sells to marketing and I sell to tech. So he was like, you know, she could make more than me because our fields are a little bit different. Um, so he said he wasn't like as surprised, but you know, I don't think that was what he expected either. So I want to talk a little bit about actually the round table that happened afterwards, only because I don't think that's something actually that we captured on the site. Um, as much, or at least I didn't watch in a video, but I would have loved to watch in a video. Um, because obviously you can see you guys' personal conversations play out as a sort of one-on-one after the salary reveal. Um, but all of you together, you know, what were some of the interesting things that you guys gleaned from that? One thing that was really interesting was listening to Rose talk because she was really the only woman who was like, who had sort of like left her career briefly to have children and then came back. So it was, she was the other person in the third video, but it was like a lot of um, perspective that I, I have known to be true that that sort of thing happens when women leave and come back and they're suddenly making less money than they were before. But just like to, to hear it on such a personal level and to hear um, just like the way that it felt to her to have, you know, her supervisors like criticize her for being a mother and for taking time off. Mm. Um, so that was something that was really interesting. It was also really interesting listening to Simi talk about um, being a woman of color, and uh, you know, because I'm totally sure that, like, I, as a white woman, I'm probably making more than a woman in like another situation might be making if she were to come into my position. And also, like, who knows who else interviewed for the job and I was chosen as a white woman. Like, I think that that's another huge issue. Like, in my company, there are, you know, we're like 75% women and the number of women of color is so drastically small, much smaller, or however you would phrase that. <laughs> than, that was good. That was good. You did good. <laughs> then, um, than the number of of white women, which is just so crazy to me because I'm like, there's no way that that the only people applying for all of these jobs are white women. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was something that I, like, thought about a lot more after listening to Simi talk. I think I agree with you. Listening to a woman who's, like, a lot further in her career, especially with children, was really important. Um, Me and some of my coworkers were talking very recently, and we were looking around at, you know, even the more experienced, tenured people in our organization, and we asked ourselves one question, like, do you see any women with kids in this org? And the yeah. answer is no. There's not a single saleswoman in our organization with children. Yeah. And it's worth saying that Rose made significantly less yeah. than her male counterpart yeah. who was in the role, who has far fewer years experience. Yes. And I, I mean, you know, obviously she left and came back, but I think she was almost at half his half his wage yeah and he's a father also. yeah yeah oh yeah that's a really so, great point it's a really great point you know he but of course like in that situation like men aren't as often expected to take time off right. of work mm-hmm. right. um so there's that <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think the other thing that was just like surprising or interesting to hear when we were there is um you know all the guys were just surprised like all the things they don't have to think about um mm-hmm. as the women were talking um, and they were just like, 
I don't know. It seemed like they were they, a lot of them were being pretty quiet too because they were like, we don't we don't really know what to say here. <laughs> I'm curious to know: Have you had conversations with like male colleagues or male friends about either your wage or just pay disparity in general terms? I have before, um, not in my current role, but I you know I I was really good friends with a, a male coworker previously, and he was very like super nice and nice enough when we were going through raise periods to share with me what they gave him versus mm. what they gave me and that really helped me to be like okay well yeah I can push for more in in this specific scenario that's amazing did you instigate that conversation yeah yeah Damn. okay <laughs> we need some tips because that is genius <laughs> um what made you like talk a little bit about that because I I mean maybe I'm alone here but that is just not something I I mean yeah. I would probably want to do but maybe I would be a little too I don't know well, I that mean, is- it was it was kind of a situation where I was actually, um, well, I'm trying to not give it, give away too right, much information yeah. to identify the company, but I was in a different state and they were moving me to kind of his, his you know, team mm-hmm. um, and they were changing salaries and giving, giving out raises and kind of changing everything around. It was kind of like a raise to move. Um, so he's someone that I talk to in general for work advice and career advice and I think you kind of have to have a male person in the workplace that kind of has your back because for some reason it's not as important when you say things as when they say it. Yeah. Um, So I always try to find like some kind of, you know, male, I don't know what you want to call them, advisor or or someone who's kind of talking you up in an organization. Um, So, yeah, I I just kind of opened the conversation with him and just said, look, you know, like this is what they're offering me. and, And he was open enough to to share with me what his offer was that's so awesome i also think that's just a really interesting perspective on like the power of having a male ally and certainly for the dudes listening has it changed kelly has it changed like since since that moment since you did the reveal and went through the experience with us has it changed how you talk about your wage yeah i i think so one one thing that i did end up or i started talking to my family more about Mm. it which was interesting not my parents because i know well actually no i don't know what my dad makes (laughs) but that's a whole other conversation but um you know i know what my mom makes and i talk to her about it a lot and but as far as like my extended family my aunts and my cousins i had sent them uh the video i didn't post it on facebook or anything because i was like i don't want to like get in trouble with my company but uh (laughs) i sent it in like a message to some of my family members and i was like hey i just wanted to share this with you guys because you're all like strong women who have inspired me in my life and so they all watched it and they like responded and were really sweet and everything um but it was it was interesting because just to hear their take on that kind of thing because it's like i know these women so well but like i have never really thought about like how much money do they make like what how are they like in a work environment because they all do work and i also sent it to my grandmother and she responded by saying something like like interestingly enough uh we make a similar amount of money like i get a similar amount of money every year as you do and i was like okay uh (laughs) that was like the conversation that i had the most that i never had before because with my girlfriends we have already talked about it and we all know what each other make so well that's interesting you said in the video which i just found so fascinating that you worked with a negotiation coach yes tell us everything so um that was an amazing experience and i've worked with them in my last two roles um the company that i work with is actually called she negotiates Um, So they specifically focus on women. 
Um, and um, they have three coaches and you can like sit with them hourly. You can do, um, you know, workshops with them as well. Um, but, you know, I was actually speaking with her today, kind of telling her about this experience and telling her I was doing this podcast. And she was asking me, you know, what were the things like you remember? And the the one thing that really stuck out to me that I think not only changed the way that I negotiate, but changed the way that I interview is um, what she said about like storytelling and what she taught me about myself. So I think the most important part of like how you negotiate is like you have to understand your own value before you can explain it to anyone. And that applies to like all parts of your life. (laughs) So, um, you know, what we did as an exercise to begin with is just like identify what I thought my key strengths were um, and identify the things that make me valuable to this company and then figure out how to vocalize that and use that information to ask for more. Um, So it's kind of like a you have to know who you are um, kind of thing. Um, So that was great. Um, And then there are just other like different tactics that Mm -hmm. you can use in in terms of negotiating. Um, One of them is anchoring. Um, It's really important what number is said first, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, because if you think about it, if we're sitting here and we're talking about, you know, let's say, um, I don't know, you have a Game Boy here, right? And we want to play a certain amount of games. Um, and that's actually your phone case, but sure. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, a great, it's a great metaphor. <laughs> Let's I'm continue. Down with it. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, if I say we got to get five games done in the next hour, right? And you're like, oh no, we got to do 10 or we got to do this or let's do four. Like you're arguing against the number that I set. Right. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Everything as soon as is I say that number. That number. Yeah. Exactly. So it's the same way with negotiating, right? If they bring a number first and it's lower than you want, then we're arguing around this lower number. Yeah. But if I come in high and I'm like, look, I'm expecting $200,000, right? You're They're like, oh, shit. You know, we're far off of here. How and do we get a little bit closer? Like they should have been up near you. Mm-hmm. Well, huh. at least you're, you're setting the context. Yes, you're exactly. setting the, yeah, you're setting that the story. Awesome. That is so practical and makes so much sense, but I have never, ever thought about it. Yeah. 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 And that is like We've been doing now. this kind of a while. Too. I know. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm 36. I've been doing this for a while. But that shit, that's... And also, I love the idea of storytelling yeah. yourself. I, it's so true. Weirdly, like I've talked to my siblings, my, my sibling and friends about the idea that somebody else can weirdly package and sell you better than you can often sell yourself. Like it's almost easier for somebody else to look for a job for you than you looking for a job yourself because they can sort of sell you in a way that you can't. They can sort of... Like pa- like package you up into a few sentences mm-hmm. in a way that I'd be like, well, there's just a lot going on. Like it's really hard to pick which thing to glom onto. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. helps in interviews also just because you know, and I think I was we were talking about this a little bit in the roundtable. Um, but if they're looking for someone who's great at communication and really good at building relationships, right? As a salesperson, I can come and say, you know, I'm a great relationship builder. I get deals done. I hit my quota. Okay, great. That's very different from if I come to you and I tell you a story. And I'll give you an example of a story that I used to tell. I used to say, you know, tell a story about this one engineer that um, I broke into like a Fortune 500 company, which we had never closed a single deal with, by taking him out to lunch, getting to know him, and getting so close to him that I knew that he dated a stripper and they lived in a trailer park, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
you know? And if I tell you that story of how I built this relationship with him and got so close to him that that's how, you know, how close we were and that's how we, you know, built that relationship to get deals, this is something that you're going to remember. The interviewer is going to remember. remember Uh, never to let you take me to lunch. So I'll be like, (laughs) okay, what kind of lunch was that? There was one time maybe that I did that, but it was like really looking at I want to talk about your like, personal like your financial goals like do you have a wage that you want to earn by a certain time Kelly have you thought about it and you've been like okay three years from now um I don't know it's hard to say because I feel like I have to be realistic about the company that I'm at Mm -hmm. and um you know like because we we don't really have a situation where you ask for your raise every year you sort of it's percentage based so unless you transfer to a different department or get a promotion to another position you are going to be making a certain amount and you're going to make this much more and there's nothing else you can really do about it. So it's hard to say. I I do think about um, moving to a different department and doing more. I would love to do book covers for anyone who's listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so like in that situation, I don't even know what I have to find out what people make at that level because I don't even know. (laughs) So it's hard for me to to set goals like that, which is like a problem. Like I should be able to to know those things. So well this is why you get help. This is why I mean I would never (laughs) think to, but now that I've sat across from Sumi for like ten minutes, she's should figure out where Sumi takes people to lunch. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um how about you, Sumi? Um, I don't know. I don't have like a goal. I feel like I know what I want to be making now and it's not what I am making. Um, and that's really all I know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't want to leave where I work. I like where I work. You know, do I think that I'm going to realistically get it from them? No. But if I go to another company, I know I can. So it's kind of, um, you know, a balance between, how long do you want to stay here and do this or do you want to leave and go somewhere else um and and it's more of that decision versus you know just based on on numbers thank you so much for joining us today guys this is a really illuminating conversation it's been wonderful (laughs) thank Thank you for having having us yeah laurel pinson after that, after that little round table, your eyes are just so bright. You are so lit up. Tell me what you were thinking. I can I feel see like there I was thoughts. I feel like I was a little quiet because I was absorbing so much. Most of it was like, you know the experience where you walk into a place and you smell something and you are transported to an age and a place and a time that you had completely forgotten before? Yes. But just especially listening to uh, Kelly talk about her friends and sort of that moment where you stop talking about money. To me, it felt it reminded me of the sort of moment where you stop thinking you're good at drawing. You know, like if you ask any like four year old, like if they're good at drawing, they're like, yeah, I'm great at drawing. You know, and then you ask like an 11 year old if they're good at drawing and they're like, no, like Sammy's better than me or like, you know, Veronica's better than me. But with salary, I was like I had this flash of my roommate the year after I graduated college and how completely open I was with her about my salary because I got a full time job. I'd been freelance for the first year because, as you know, I was trying to save the world through theater. And then that didn't work quite as well as planned. So I got a full time job. And I remember that I came to her and I was like, I am so excited. Like I brought my offer letter to her and I was like, and this is what I'm making. And like, this is, 
you know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember her saying just deadpan. I mean, bless her. She was just such a pragmatist. She was like, oh, and you will just realize that after taxes, that is just not that much. <laughs> and it was so brutal, but so true. I mean, like I started realizing later once I was budgeting for life, I was like, man, that really wasn't a lot of money. But to me, it felt like a lot of money. One of the things that really, I mean, fascinated me, but also resonated was two things that Simi said. One obviously was like, I needed help negotiating. So of course I went to a negotiator and learned a thing. I was like, like so pragmatic. Yeah, exactly. Why hadn't I thought about that But then the second thing she said specific to that was that she learned how to tell the story of her value. Yes. Which perfectly, you know, obviously goes to what you were saying about sort of the, like not directly related to the function of the job, but just like the amorphous kind of difficult to describe nuanced thing that that makes you, that sort of attracts you to your a, a potential right. employer. And to be able to articulate that, I mean, obviously, you know, she's got a great story about a stripper in a trailer park, but like being able to na- like to put a story, like to put it into a story, it's just like that fucking blew my mind. And now I'm just going to obsess over what my story is, obviously. I but I thought that was, I mean... God, I just want Simi to be my Sherpa up the mountain of everything. Seriously. Like literally everything. I just want to put her in a like a little bottle she and then like, I'll put her, that. I'll just open it and be like, Simi, help guide me through this strange place that I'm in. Work Wives is produced by Ben Riskin and Acast. Our associate producer, Katiri Benjamin, keeps the ship afloat. And we have production support from the whole staff at Glamour, including Anna Maysline, Lizzie Logan, and Simone Kitchens. And we're recorded right here at Condé Nast Studio in NYC. 